At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare if you're committed to living a healthier life you might want to look into working herbs into your wellness routine there's a reason people have trusted them for thousands of years. Nature's Way understands that nature is the ultimate problem solver, and they're constantly inspired by the power of nature. For example, their ginger root and slippery elm bark have been traditionally used for digestive support. And St. John's wort, holy basil, and ashwagandha can provide mood and stress support. And because Nature's Way sources from around the world and does a ton of comprehensive potency and quality testing in their state-of-the-art lab, you can be sure you're getting top-quality herbs. To learn more, visit naturesway.com. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. Are there any moments or spots on any of the sets we worked on over the seven years that you guys felt more at home that were like your little spots on the set you like to hang out? I'm afraid it was the sink. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You had to act <laughs> by the sink a lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah. Right. Doing business constantly. Uh-huh. Mom stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Disciplining you <laughs> in some way. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. It is the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. It is Holden with Vison, and it is the Western Conference Finals Game One Avalanche hosting the Oilers tonight. I'll give you the series prices, I've got uh, series bets. And Andy McNeil, VEASAN's NHL insider. We're going to come up with a show bet for tonight's game. NBA Finals preview with my buddy Spread Astaire from Run Pure Bets. Plus, got to give my thoughts on the fantasy football conundrum between Jock Peterson and Tommy Pham. Plus, some news on Jerry Judy. But let's get into this. A pair of pre-series bets. Now, remember, round one. We had the Avs sweeping the Predators. We made a unit there. Round two, we had the Avs in five and the Avs in six. We made a couple of units as the Avs won in six. Actually, we made a little bit more than that. And then I've got the Avs in six and the Avs in seven against the Edmonton Oilers. We'll get to those prices on Bet Rivers in just a moment. But first, let's get to tonight's game game number one so the avalanche are favored now on the puck line again you got to win by two or more goals plus 125 for the avs minus 180 on the money line if you want to back the oilers plus 150 
and it is a very high total now. We're getting the juice toward the over at plus 112, but the number is seven. Seven is the total. That is an astronomical number. Minus 132 to the under. How about the series prices? We got the Oilers at plus 210 to win it. The Avs, again, I just don't think that this is going to be a bet that you want to make. Minus 250, it's too much. It's too much. If you want to get in after game one, if they lose tonight, that's fine. I just don't think it's wise to lay minus 250s on series. Anyways, we got the Avalanche to sweep at plus 525. We've got the Avalanche to win 4-1, to plus 325. And then here are the bets that I like. The Avs to win in six, four games to two. So what you'll do is you'll go to NHL Series Markets if you want to bet this. Colorado Avalanche to win four games to two in the series correct score, plus 400. Avalanche to win 4-3, plus 450. So again, two units. We hit one of these. We're either up two more units or two and a half units, depending on if the Avalanche win in six or in seven. So those are the lines on Bet Rivers. There is a couple of specials I want to tell you about as well. Avs to win tonight and the total to go over six and a half goals. So you're getting you know, a half goal. So if they score seven tonight, you push. If you, they score seven tonight in this special, you win. So the Avs got to win. It's got to go over six and a half goals. They boosted it at Bet Rivers from plus 150 to plus 165. And then the Avs to sweep is boosted from 525 to plus 615. Now, let's get into this thing. It is fun. Uh, McDavid and McKinnon. All right. It's just about as good as it gets. Now, there's probably very few people that watch the Edmonton Oilers play this year. You'll get to see the best player in the league tonight in Connor McDavid. Okay, these are generational players. And it's as big as it gets. Star power, right? You've got McKinnon, six foot, 200 pound runaway freight train. God, he's explosive. Love watching this dude play. Then you got McDavid. He's an inch taller. A little bit lighter, 6'1", 193, just dazzling skills. I'll use the word dazzling because it really does describe him. He's just got great vision. He's, he's great at everything. And he's likely going to win his third hard trophy as the NHL MVP. Now, you've also got two guys that are in their prime and they're pretty young. We've seen NHL players into their you know late 30s still be in their prime, at least in the back end of their prime, but still in their prime. These guys are in their mid-20s. McDavid, 25. McKinnon's 26, okay? McDavid has 26 points in a dozen playoff games this year. 26 points? McKinnon has 13 points in 10 games. We saw him take over a game with a hat trick. Unfortunately, that was one of the two games that the Avalanche have lost this postseason. Now, Let's look at goals per game in the regular season. Avalanche were fourth. The Oilers were seventh. This is regular season. 3.76 goals for the Avalanche, 3.55 for the Oilers. In the playoffs, whew, they've gone up another gear. Uh, the Oilers have the most goals per game in the playoffs, 4.33. Avalanche second at point, 4.30. So you wonder why this total is so high at seven. The, these teams score a ton. Neither goaltender has really been that great in the playoffs. We'll get to that in a moment. And it's just going to be a high pace. I can't wait. And it's also the first conference final since 1989 where both teams 
entered the series averaging at least four goals per game. The last to do it was Calgary and Chicago. Calgary and Chicago way back in 1989. Who do I remember from that? Um, it had to be Al McGinnis and probably Eddie Belfour. Anyways, look at this. McKinnon, McCarr, Rantanen versus McDavid, Drysaddle, and Hyman? Let's get to the goaltenders first. And we're just breaking down position by position. Darcy Kemper... He was mediocre at best, I think, in that last round. He saved over five fewer goals than expected in the second round. That's not good. 892 save percentage. That's not good. Okay. Now, Colorado has been great at limiting shots against. They're giving up just 27 shots against per game. That's going to go up. I mean, we, we will probably, especially if this series goes deep, we will see the Oilers hit 40 shots at least once, if not twice, and it depends on overtime or not. But I could see them getting 40 on net in regulation. Uh, they lead in – now, this is the Az. They lead in scoring chances against, um, high danger opportunities against. So Darcy Kemper, he hasn't been shelled. He has not had a lot of action, and he hasn't been good, though. And then on the other side, the Oilers got a 40-year-old goaltender, Mike Smith, and he was inconsistent. Okay, he's given up at least three goals in seven of 11 playoff games so far. Hmm, that's not very good for him. Um, save percentages. Let's go look at him in the five games against Calgary that he played in the second round. Okay, even strength, 700 save percentage, 70%. That's gross. Um, 925, 970, 906, and then bad one of 889. So he only saved about 91% of the shots in the in the second round i think goaltending will be interesting it's gonna be a feel-out game for me tonight not just for the players for me how is this series going to go are we going to see instant offense will darcy kemper be better will mike smith be better players to keep an eye on obviously mckinnon you got kale mccarr who really has not been consistent he wasn't consistent in round two Miko Rantanen had a had a non-empty net goal it has not had a non-empty net goal I should say his only goals empty net in round two uh, on the other side I told you about Connor McDavid the great Connor McDavid Leon Drysaddle, German guy that's why the uh it, it's it's D-R-A-I-S-A-I-T-L Drysaddle, 17 points in five games against the Flames, he had at least three points in every game. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Connor McDavid, Drysaddle. This guy's just amazing. Third most points ever in a playoff series. Coming off last series. What was that? Five games. Not a lot. You've also got Evander Kane, who was uh, one of the Blackhawks that, when they won uh, the Cup. Uh, he's a guy that has been heavily criticized for off the ice. And it was, at the very least, a risky free agent signing in the middle of the season. But he's been awesome. 12 goals in 12 games. A couple of hat tricks. A uh, couple other things before um, we move on to something else. And, and I got stuff on Jerry Judy to get to. But special teams is something that we're going to keep an eye on here that I'll be keeping an eye on the avalanche are first at 34 and a half percent on the power play Edmonton 
fifth at 28.2%. So Edmonton, not great. Not great so far on the power play. Avalanche, pretty darn good. Penalty kill, abs at 73%. That's been horrible. Seven out of eight teams, which advanced to the sec second round. Seventh out of eight teams. Edmonton is third, 85.4%. So a slight edge to Edmonton so far in these playoffs on special teams. And again, I think game one is going to be a feel-out game. We had a low-scoring regular season. We had low-scoring regular season games is what we had. Uh, both goalies have been inconsistent, and both offenses are elite. So stick around for my interview with VEASAN's uh, Andy McNeil. We'll have a game one show bet. Again, best bets here. Abs in six, abs in seven. Those are my official plays. Again, abs in six is plus 400. Abs to win in seven is plus 450. I just see this series going deep. Uh, I see the series going deep. And if we need to hedge at some point in time, we can always do that. But it's obviously not a necessity at this time. So more on the abs later on in the show. Let's get to uh, number two on the front range four. So the abs are number one on the front range four. The four biggest sports stories on the front range. Number two would be Jerry Judy. Okay. The Arapahoe County District Attorney's Office filed a motion to dismiss all charges against Judy. Great news. Okay. So he had two misdemeanor non-physical contact domestic violence charges. Those are probably going away. It caused uh, for him to go into jail for a night. His significant other did not want any charges against him. And the judge has to sign the motion, but hopefully this thing is done and we can just move on, okay? Mother of the infant uh, daughter called the police when Judy locked baby items in the car. Just not good. Not a good scene. Hopefully we get past this. Everything's going to be good. Uh, number three on the front range for the three... The third biggest story on the front range in sports. Oh, man, have I been waiting just to unload on this story. Jock Peterson versus Tommy Pham. I mean, have you heard about this? Have you not heard about it? Jock Peterson got slapped in the face by Tommy Pham. It's about seven months after Pham dropped out of a high-dollar fantasy football league because of a disagreement over roster spots. <laughs> what a joke. You know, before I go through the particulars, I think you should know that fantasy football is huge in major league locker rooms. I've been in tons of them. And in every single one of them, you've got fantasy football leagues, whether it be with just one team or if it's across teams like it was in this situation. I don't know how Jock Peterson and Tommy Pham got in the same fantasy league. But somebody came out and said, we got a lot of money. We're going to go put it on this, and we're going to go play. I love it. They love it. Major League players love fantasy football. They love it. They love daily fantasy sports, too, or at least one guy. I, I was a reporter. I mean, this had to be, what, about 10, 12 years ago in a locker room and uh, talking to somebody in that locker room, and he said, man, I won five figures in a daily fantasy sports uh, uh, tournament. And I think it was Martellus Bennett on some holiday all these years ago, but he's like, yeah, I want some fat cash. And he did. These major league players love fantasy sports. So let's get into it now. According to Jock Peterson, Tommy Pham accused Peterson of cheating 
in their high stakes fantasy football league. Why? Because he stashed players to keep them away from somebody else. First of all, that's legal. That's legal. You can stash players on your bench. Peterson said he he looked up the rules, the league used, and he was in the right. And then there were some disagreements. And apparently Tommy Pham was upset because you had Jock Peterson posting uh, funny things about the Padres, Tommy Pham with the Padres, and then he didn't like it and he took it out of hand. I mean, that's just, it, it seems like it's a silly disagreement on both sides. It also seems like Tommy Pham was in the wrong, okay? Um, so here's what happened. And again, this is months later after Tommy Pham quit this fantasy league because Jock Peterson stashed players. And again, it's legal. Uh, I don't even think it's tacky. I think it's a great strategy. Stash players, man. You got to stash the players. Absolutely. Keep them away from the other teams in your division. Okay. So there's a group chat. Fam, four, five other Padres players. They didn't like it. At least fam didn't like it. And all these months later, fam comes up to Jock Peterson and he says, you remember last year? And Peterson goes, like fantasy football? And Tommy Pham goes, yeah. And they slapped him. So a couple things. First of all, why are we slapping? What happened to the closed fist punch? I mean, I'm glad it wasn't a closed fist punch, I guess, because that would probably have hurt worse. But we got Will Smith slapping dudes. We got Tommy Pham slapping dudes. What's with this slap? I, th- I don't get it. And then you, should, you shouldn't be slapping people in the first place. Keep your hands to yourself. And then Jock Peterson, for whatever reason, I understand everyone takes jokes differently. I apologize. He didn't need to apologize. Tommy Pham was 100% in the wrong here. Here's the best part about this. Tommy Pham, okay, he's getting suspended for three games. I don't know what the buy-in was to the Fantasy Football League, but this dude is missing out on three game checks, which is ultimately about $111,000. So Tommy Pham not only has to eat the money because he quit a fantasy football league for something that he overreacted to, but he's also losing six figures. It it doesn't make sense. And Pham came out and he said, I slapped Jock. He said some blank. I don't condone. I don't condone. I had to address it. You know how you address it, Tommy Pham? You say something, you move on. It's freaking fantasy football, dude. So final thoughts on this whole debacle. First of all, who's the commissioner of this league? And why did the commissioner not handle this before it got out of hand? Excuse me. That was my alarm. I was supposed to wake up. I did wake up a little bit earlier than this. So first of all, who is the commissioner of this league? He needs to be fired. Good commissioner steps in, says, okay, here's the deal. Here's the rules. Everybody chill out. Second of all, Tommy Pham is not a guy you want in your fantasy football league. You don't want anybody that overreacts like this. You know, let's screen a little bit better. Tommy Pham, you got some anger issues? You're not in my league. Third of all, I've never got into a physical conflict over fantasy football, which is really surprising to me considering I've been playing, I don't know, for 25 years now. Now, I've gotten into massive verbal disagreements that cause friction between me and another player. And it was over money. It was over money too. I didn't get paid after I won a league. I got personal with my league mate. I probably shouldn't have done that. 
he should have paid me. We were both in the wrong, both in the wrong. In this instance, Tommy Pham was in the wrong, not Jock Peterson, not Jock Peterson. You're going to get upset because the guy that you don't know that well was making fun of the team you're playing for. He wasn't making fun of you personally. He's making fun of the Padres, a team with a ton of talent that underachieved last year. Give me a break, Tommy Pham. Quit fantasy football. Get away from it. Jock Peterson's right. Let's get to number four on the front range four. This is the four biggest stories in sports on the front range. How about the Rockies? Um, everybody loves to bitch and moan about fashion, about uniforms. Everybody loves to complain. In Boston, they complain because they have yellow and blue jerseys. That was uh, to commemorate the Boston Marathon. Here, I don't know why the green, probably because there's a lot of green here in Colorado, but I liked it. It's green. It has the mountains on it. There's a cool hat that went with it too. I might even, and I'm not kidding here. I might get a tattoo with that mountain formation on the jerseys. I've been looking for a good tattoo idea. And I think that the mountain formation, maybe on my right or left shoulder is going to be great. I'll put my, my kid's name over it. Yeah. Good job, Rockies. I'm going to, I'm going to applaud you on this. Yeah, I am. Now, Marlins at Rockies tonight. Rockies came home, got a nice win. Let's get to the Bet Rivers lines on tonight's game. And uh, just real quick, don't forget you get a 20% profit boost on Major League games every Tuesday on Bet Rivers up to $25. If you're a $100 unit bet, better like me, you take the 25, you take the 20% profit boost, put the other 75 on the regular line, and you're just getting a better number no matter what. Uh, I don't have the starting pitcher for the Marlins because they have not announced one as I record this. So here's the lines. Marlins plus 108. Money line. Rockies. Heavy favorites. Minus 125. I mean, I don't know who's starting for the Marlins, but it's tough to take the Rockies at that type of price. The total here is 10, which is fine. Minus 112 to the under or to the over. Minus 107 to the under. We do know who's starting for the Rockies, though. And it has been a struggle for one Herman Marquez. Okay. He struggled to keep the ball down. He's trying to incorporate a four seam fastball, but that has been a disaster. He's getting hit hard. Sixth highest hard hit rate in baseball, 35 and a half percent. So when guys are, are putting the ball in play, they're crushing the baseball against Marquez over 35%. Of the, the balls that have been hit have been deemed hard hit. Sixth highest hard hit rate in baseball. That's awful. And it's going to be tough to back him tonight, even against a weak hitting Marlins lineup. So I'll look at that 10. We'll find out who's going for the Marlins. Is it going to be somebody making their major league debut? Is it going to be a bullpen game? Um, so no matter what, I don't know who the starter is for the Marlins or their pitching plan, but I'll just say that 10 it's looking pretty juicy. Here's what's coming up next. VEASAN's Andy McMillan and I, we're diving deep into the Western Conference Finals matchup between the Avs and the Oilers. We'll come up with a show play there. I still want to talk some more Broncos because I had a good conversation over the weekend with a friend. We are talking about the best running back duos in the NFL. Where does that land? And then before the end of the show, spread a stare. NBA insider, run pure bets. And right here, on the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers.
Baseball is here, and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every Saturday throughout the season. Place a three-leg same-game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com. Must be 21, must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. As promised, Andy McNeil, VEASAN's NHL insider, their analyst, he joins me here on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. I learned something about Andy moments before we came on the air here. He is located in Edmonton, but don't worry. He's not an Oilers fan. He's just an <laughs> NHL analyst. Hello, Andy McNeil. What's going on, pal? How, how is it in Edmonton right now? Um, and here in Colorado, just the, the buzz, there's starting to be a little more buzz. The problem is 75% of Denver really doesn't have access to the Avs during the regular season. So a lot of them are starting to see him for the first time over the last couple of weeks. It's an interesting atmosphere here. How is it in Edmonton right now? Yeah, I think confidence is probably higher than it should be. And although I do live in Edmonton and have for uh, quite some time, I'm, I'm from Nova Scotia. So I, I, I fancy myself a Nathan McKinnon guy, right? So um, it's uh, it's uh, it's going to be a tough, tough series to, uh, to you know, decide who to cheer for. Connor McDavid and the Oilers are, are obviously Canada's team right now. Um, but uh, the Avalanche, uh, the Avalanche have been... Uh, a contender for a while and you kind of want to see them get their their due what's coming to them um at least a berth into the the stanley cup final but yeah i think confidence in, in edmonton is probably a little bit higher than it should be uh you know this is not the los angeles kings or the the calgary flames even and i didn't think there was all that much separating the flames and the avalanche during the regular season but um you looked at how the, the colorado has turned it on in the playoffs and sure they've gotten some help uh, you know, you no use sorrows for the Predators in round one. Jordan Bennington goes down early in their uh, second round series, but they've uh, they've they've turned it up to a, a whole other level. And uh, the Oilers haven't really had to deal with uh, with anybody like the Avalanche, who you know who can trot out Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr, just to name a, a couple of players. So I think it's interesting to start at goaltending because Mike Smith, what is he like, forty years old? He had an up-and-down series, coming off an up-and-down series. I think Darcy Kemper had a bad series. He's been a little up-and-down, too. You combine that with a potentially high pace, high-scoring series. How do you think this series goes from the goaltending situation? Does Smith step up? Does Darcy Kemper step up? Or is it going to be whichever goaltender limits the other team to just less goals, whether it be a 6-5 game or a 7-6 game? Yeah, you know, I mean, goaltending is as you know, much a product of the team sometimes as anything else. And I think the Avalanche are a pretty good defensive team. And uh, you've seen it in the playoffs. Kemper only allowed more than three goals on, on one uh, in one out of the, the nine games that he played. And uh, it's it's going to be tough for this, this Oilers team to generate the kind of offense they need to be competitive. I think Mike Smith is obviously going to have his hands full. He's been good in the playoffs, but um, he's, uh, you know, as inconsistent as they come but I, with that being said he's, he's got a pretty good he's got pretty good pl career playoff numbers so so maybe there's something there maybe smith can continue to raise his game uh, in the postseason but 
Um, you know, the Avs really control things from a shot attempts perspective. They finish rounds one and two with uh, about 60% of the shot attempts. The Oilers sitting at around 48% after playing the Kings and the Flames. So you expect Colorado to uh, to drive play maybe significantly uh, in this series. And um, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be a lot of work, a lot more work for Mike Smith this time around. The Oilers were able to do a good job of boxing out uh, the Kings and the Flames. But I think we, you know, especially with the Flames, we realized that, you know, they didn't have any players that were really capable of kind of taking the puck on their stick and, and making an impact uh, in, a, in a moment's notice. And the Avalanche do have players like that. McKinnon, McCarr, uh, you know, Rantanen hasn't been all that productive in the playoffs, but he's he's got the ability to, to be a game breaker as well. And uh, it's going to be a lot tougher to keep those types of players away from Mike Smith. And, uh, you know, even the less than dangerous shots uh, might end up being pretty dangerous coming off a, a player like Kale stick too. So I give the the edge to uh, to Colorado just on a, an overall team defense kind of kind of perspective. Um, but uh, you know the Oilers they they are definitely in the mix given what uh, what they can do on offense. Oh no question, McDavid, Drysaddle. We've seen what uh, Vander Kane step up. Hyman has stepped up as yeah, well. Yeah, Hyman so. has as many goals as McKinnon so far in the playoffs. So ten. Um, yeah, I believe he's at eight right now, and and oh McKinnon's at eight as well. It's, I mean, that's just ridiculous. So it is interesting listening to it from your perspective here because I'm here in Colorado and I'm looking at all the Avalanche warts. And you're looking more at the Edmonton warts. So talk I, to me about the, these guys, though. Well, in I, particular, what, what's up? I want to get to what you just said about the Avalanche okay. warts. I've got to touch on this because I, I did see a lot of those those warts uh, in past years. I think, you know, McKinnon specifically was a player that had to do a lot of growing up and had to learn how to kind of push through those uh, challenging times in the playoffs and not sort of wilt under the pressure and let things get to him. And I think he's he's learning how to do that. So it's going to be interesting. I think that was the, the biggest knock on the team uh, heading into this series, or season, sorry, uh, was that they, you know, haven't been able to get over the hump in the playoffs. And I think they're learning how to do that. So um, sorry to cut you off, but I really wanted to, uh, to touch on that. <laughs> I, like I said, we've seen a lot. Kemper isn't really impressing any of us. Uh, Miko Rantanen has not gotten going. Makar's coming off a series where he really didn't too, do too much. So again, it's like, you're, I'm here. I see so many warts about him. And, and, and I don't think you're going to be able to convince me. The only the Avs are going to be able to convince me. But McDavid, Drysaddle. I mean, is it possible that the Oilers have more firepower than the Avs? Yeah, it, you know, it, it's possible. I think you look down... Uh, Colorado's lineup um, and, and things really start to drop off there as far as their their offensive capabilities. I know they've gotten you know some some contributions from uh, from guys like um, like uh, O'Connor and and people like that. Even Helm, who scored that big game winner in, in Game Six against the Blues. But um, I you know it's what's really impressed me. Obviously McDavid and Drysaddle, 26 points so far in the playoffs each. Um, that's that's out of this world, but um, I think Evander Kane and Zach Hyman and, and the contributions they've made throughout the playoffs have, have been uh, really impressive to me. Um, but you you just gotta you gotta wonder like 
is this the kind of matchup that that suits the Oilers? They're 44 and five dating back to the regular season when they score four or more goals. But when they score three or fewer goals, uh, which is kind of you know that that range that we're looking at with the Avalanche, they're only 13 and 32. So Edmonton yeah. uh, probably doesn't stand much of a, a chance in in those low low scoring type of games. Um, or sorry, when they're held, uh, you know, to, to low scoring. Uh, but um, the thing that worries me for Edmonton is that Colorado can probably beat you in both ways, in the low scoring games, and they can probably hang with you if you decide to run and gun on offense and, and score a bunch of goals. So um, I think, you know, advantage avalanche in, in, in most situations here. Okay. So I'm going to talk about the, um, the series price prices first, really. I've had some very good success. We're two for two now on how many games the Avalanche are going to win a series in. We had five and six games last time. We had a sweep in the first round. Um, how does the series play out in your estimation? Is it more? Is it Avalanche four or five? Is it Avalanche six or seven? Where are you going with that? I think I'm more. I'm closer to the five six uh, sort of sort of area there. Um, I've got the Avalanche pretty much in line with the market. I, I think I'm at minus 265, so maybe a little bit higher than what we're we're seeing out there, but not quite high enough to to justify making a, a series wager. I'm going to you know look for some other opportunities, maybe some player props and things like that throughout the series. But um, I, I I think we're looking at you know a, a kind of a six game series. I don't think it's going to be a sweep. We don't typically see sweeps in the the, the conference final and the um, Stanley Cup final. It's, uh, you know, the teams that get here typically belong to belong here. And uh, I think the Oilers do. Um, you know, I, I definitely worry that that I'm underestimating Edmonton like I did against the Calgary Flames. I, I think I've I've done enough to kind of take, you know, make up for that. Um, you know, after seeing how that, <laughs> that series has played out, I've done some guesswork as far as, uh, you know, the like we've never I've, I'm 34 years old I've been watching hockey for a long time I've never seen anything like what I've seen from Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and the the production that you know those guys are are, are churning out on a game-to-game basis um, so it's 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 kind of like changed everything as far as what I thought was possible uh, in in the NHL playoffs and I've had to do some some guesswork to kind of get my model and my predictions up to speed I guess um, but uh, it's uh, it's definitely I'm definitely happy that I'm not betting on the, the Avalanche to start this series. Uh, I, I think, um, like you said, I mean Kemper hasn't been good. He's been mostly a product of the team around him and their ability to uh, control the majority of the play. Um, but you know it, it's it's Mike Smith, so I definitely don't have confidence in either goaltender. But I, I've got. I've got confidence in uh, in Colorado's ability to play team defense a lot more than I do Edmonton's, but I still think the Oilers can probably get away winning at least a game or two in this series. Yeah, and and listen, these two teams played close games during a regular season. I'll take the third game out because the Avalanche was resting everybody, but we had low-scoring games in those first two. Um, I And what I've done so far in the playoffs is really feel it out. Let's see how game one plays out. Don't take too much out of it, but at least I can get a little feel. How does game one play out for you? That's the question. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I, I, I tend to agree with that approach, although I have a little bit of trouble uh, following it. Um, you know, my I think the playoffs definitely, 
involve a lot more raw handicapping, which I don't think I'm bad at necessarily. It's just not how I typically do things. I mean, there's a little bit of raw handicapping mixed in with what I do in the regular season, but you're, you're doing things at such a large scale. There's 32 teams to monitor. There are, you know, um, so many, there's so many, much uh, statistical data and things like that to, to kind of process on a day-to-day basis. And now we, we really start to narrow our focus. So I, I think if you, you know, if, if you're taking a numbers-based approach and you've got a big edge on one side or the other, you just stand by that in game one. Um, but I do think if, if things seem to be playing out uh, a certain way, you start to look for those those trends early in the series uh, and, and see if a, t- a certain team is, is sort of taking over. So... Um, you know, I'll, I'll consider a, a bet on the Avalanche if, if the price comes down a little bit, but I, I think I'm, I'm mostly in line with the, the market there on Colorado and uh, probably a bit farther away from, from betting on Edmonton. Abs in regulation, minus 111. It's just that, you know, the overtime's so often in play here, especially when you got two teams that aren't that far apart from each other. The over is an astronomical number at seven, right? Yeah. Talk to me. Either one of these interests you. I, I definitely lean under uh, in in this this first game. I mean, Edmonton is probably going to be a bit uh, a bit hesitant to just jump out there and, and get at it. And you know the Avalanche as well. I think they're going to to want to feel out McDavid and Drysaddle and and uh, spend some time trying to match lines and find those those matchups that might might help them you know shut those players down as as much as humanly possible, which which doesn't seem to be to be very uh, very easy to do, obviously. But um, I think uh, I think definitely lean toward toward the under uh, in game one uh, and throughout the series if if the total continues to, to stick around that number. But we've seen things play out uh, in in other rounds where you know as 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 the scoring trends one way, so does the the game total, obviously. Um, and then you mentioned player props. You invested there in game number one? Well, I don't have anything yet. I haven't had a chance to uh, to look into things. It's a new series, um, and, uh, and I, was, I spent uh, I spent most of the the day uh, prepping my my series previews for this matchup, and uh, as well as the Lightning and the, the Rangers. Um, but um, you know, I I I think I'm more focused on the Eastern Conference Final right now for for player props because of the goaltending matchup. Um, one thing I love to do is to find matchups where I think it could be advantageous to bet against um, multiple players, not to score points. And, and I could definitely see myself doing that in the, the Lightning and uh, Rangers series, uh, looking at a player like Anthony Sorelli, who, despite being on the top line at, at points uh, in the last uh, series, he's uh, he's only got two points in the playoffs so far. He's playing that shutdown role where... His job, his mandate from the coaching staff is to go out and shut down the opposition's best players. He's not focused on scoring. And if uh, if Braden Point can come back in this series for the Lightning, that'll push Shirelli down the lineup and uh, and hopefully uh, create some some more value on, on on betting him not to score any points in the series. But that's one approach I'm taking. I haven't really figured out uh, the approach that I want to take for this uh, this Edmonton Colorado series just because I. I think it's so hard to get a read on Edmonton after, uh, you know, playing the Kings, not really a, a terribly tough test, and uh, the Flames just really didn't bring it to that series. Uh, credit to the Oilers as well, but it's it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how they fare against a team that you know is is probably going to come out 
uh, with a with a big effort in in game one. In in game one versus the St. Louis Blues, obviously they had a ton of rest, but they fired over 100 shot attempts uh, in that game against St. Louis, and I expect them to uh, to try at least to come out and and kind of pepper Mike Smith in that same fashion. Okay, so let's come up with the best bet here. We got the Eastern Conference Finals, like you said, with Lightning Rangers. Um, we got the Avs and the Oilers starting up. So talk to me here. Either game, I know you mentioned a player prop. What's the best bet here, Mr. McMillan? If uh, if I had to um, if I had to take a, a series price here, I'm I'm gonna go for the Lightning uh, over the the Rangers. Uh, better coaching, better team defense, uh, slightly better goaltending. Although Shesterkin, you know, is is definitely uh, building a case as as the number one goaltender in the NHL, but uh, Vasilevsky's still the best. Uh, the, there's still a lot of uh, concern over how long Braden Point's going to be out. The team hasn't said much about his injury. They've said he's closer to returning now than he was prior to to round number two. But I think that's sort of a, a pretty obvious statement to make, obviously. Um, and I, I, but I think uh, minus uh, minus one seventy or minus one seventy five, the Lightning are an all right series bet. In terms in, in the West, I'm I'm going to see how things play out. Look for an opportunity maybe to jump in at an adjusted price. Um, later in the series, but uh, but now I'm just just excited to watch Connor McDavid and uh, Nathan McKinnon do their thing. I called Andy McNeil, Andy McMillan, uh, I think, because <laughs> I was thinking Nathan McKinnon, McNeil, and it just came out like an ugly baby. So I apologize <laughs> for that. That's Andy, okay. make sure you plug everything. Where do we get? Where do we find your stuff? Twitter, everything. Yeah, daily betting market reports uh, at Beeson.com, Twitter at Digital Gambler. That's uh, that's pretty much it. If you're in uh, if you're in Canada, which you're probably not, uh, you can see me on Sportsnet uh, on every uh, every playoff broadcast, giving uh, some betting advice uh, as much as I can, anyway. And uh, and that that's about it. Just uh, Beeson.com every day for the the NHL betting market report. Love it. Absolutely love it. Read through the uh, conference finals betting preview today. As a matter of fact, Andy, thanks so much for the time. Andy McNeil, not McKinnon or McDavid. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. All right, I'm going to look at the Broncos running back situation next on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to sign up. Must be 21, must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. Thanks so much to Andy McNeil for hopping on, going through the Oilers app series, talking a little Eastern Conference Finals in just a few minutes. Spread a stare. Run Pure Bets joins me. He's going to give us his best bets for the Warriors and the Celtics series. I think we're on the same page with this one. Um, but I do want to talk some Broncos here. And I, I was talking with a friend about the best running back duos in the NFL. And I, I said, I think the Broncos are probably one of the top three or four. And he goes, you're crazy, man. He's crazy. They don't have one of the best running back duos in the NFL. And I was like, what are you talking about? It's a take away the bell cows, Derek Henry, Jonathan Taylor. I'll even throw Dalvin cook in there when he's healthy. Okay. Those are the outliers in today's game, but 
I'd say the Broncos are probably, they probably have the third best running back room or at least duo in the league. And I like Mike Boone too, but Javante and Melvin Gordon, almost as good as it gets folks. They had 1,821 yards in 2021. They had 203 carries. That doesn't include what they did in the passing game. Both guys are terrific in the passing game. Javante caught 43 of 51 targets with three receiving touchdowns. Melvin Gordon has good hands. And now these guys get to work in the wide zone run game with Russell Wilson as their QB, a mobile quarterback. And this is just going to be a blast to watch. You know, you also talk about Javante last year as a rookie, and he did the same thing in college at UNC. He forced 63 missed tackles. That's a .31 tackles missed per carry. That is the highest rate in the league among running backs. Nobody forced more missed tackles when they had the ball in their hands per, per carry than Javante. You've got Melvin Gordon as an all-purpose back. I mean, they can definitely lead the NFL in yards and touchdowns. Here's a couple of tandems, though, I have ranked ahead of them. Uh, just ahead of the Broncos duo right now. We'll start with the Browns. I think this is the best duo in the National Football League. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. You know, four seasons, and Nick Chubb's run for almost 5,000 yards. Had over 12,000 yards from, uh, on the ground last year. He missed three games. So 1,200 yards in 14 games. And he might be the best pure runner in the NFL. Over the last four years, Chubb first among all qualified running backs in PFF rushing grade, yards after contact, missed tackles forced. Kind of sounds like what Javante is going to be here sooner than later. But I think Javante is a little better in the passing game. And then you talk about the other side of that running back duo in Cleveland. Kareem Hunt. He only played in eight games last year, but he, he led the NFL in rushing in his rookie year. In 2020, Hunt had over 800 yards rushing as the RB2. They're both, what, 26 and 27? They're in their prime. Hunt's going to catch more passes, but he's explosive. Chubb is going to run teams into the ground. That's the number one running back duo in my estimation. Number two, Nathaniel Hackett's old team, his former running back duo of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon in Green Bay. Wouldn't be surprised if we saw a lot of what we saw there last year. Uh, a little split in touches. Aaron Jones had 1,190 total yards last year. Uh, A.J. Dillon, 1116. So what, what is that, 74 yards different? Dillon had four more yards rushing. Jones had almost 60 more yards, actually 70 more yards receiving, 80 more yards receiving. Jones scored 10 touchdowns. Dylan scored seven touchdowns. I think that the Broncos tandem is every bit, if not more talented than the Packers tandem. It's just that they've done it. 803 yards on 187 carries in year two for Dylan. He gained more rushing yards than Aaron Jones. And Jones averaged over five yards per carry. And he had 52 catches last year. So they combined for over 1,500 rush yards. And Jones, I don't want to call him a finesse player, but he's a little more of a finesse player. And A.J. Dillon is six foot and 250. So I think Javante and Gordon move past the Packers duo this season. We'll see if they can do that with the, Bron with the Browns. And then I'll put the number four duo in Dallas. You've got Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Personally, I would put them ahead of the Broncos if Tony Pollard was the lead back. 
he had the second highest running back grade in 2021, according to Pro Football Focus. The dude's a stud. He's electrifying. But Pollard isn't the number one. And Dallas comes in at number four. So my preseason running back duo rankings. Browns, Packers, Broncos, Cowboys. From the NFL to the NBA. Catching up with my buddy Spread Astaire from Run Pure Bets. What are his bets for the NBA Finals? Let's find out next on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Baseball is here and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every Saturday throughout the season. Place a three-leg same-game parlay of at least $25 and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com. Must be 21, must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Denver City Cast rolls on. Let's wrap things up with an NBA Finals preview. If I'm talking NBA, decent chance spread of stairs going to be on, spread from Run Pure Bets. He has, uh, really, since I had you on from the final week of the regular season, you've been on fire. It's just been amazing. So, very profitable if you've been tailing spread. I don't know which way he's going in these finals. We've got the Celtics and the Warriors. Hello, Mr. Astaire. How the hell are you? Oh, Holden, I am great. Uh, so happy to be on here talking some NBA finals with you. And maybe I'll get a little Nuggets opinion for you right at the very end because there was some Ooh. Nuggets news that I, I don't know how that you guys were handling it in Denver. So I'd love to hear it from the man. Hold on, Connolly? Yeah. I think I'm in a minority where I think that they're going to be just fine. You know? Well, they he, lost he has and they were fine. That's why, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, yes, it really helps to have a great general manager. He's or president of basketball operations. He changed the culture here. He was terrific with draft picks. He probably has the best draft pick of all time with Nikola Jokic, but Calvin Booth has been working with him. So I, I must be the only one here in town that is not as worried about it. It's not like it's tanking anything. You know? You're not worried just about the message it sends about not being willing to spend for a winner? No, because they knew it. Okay. They knew it. And by the way, Josh Kroenke, the, the owner here, he, he was supposed to speak, then he pushed it back, then he got the COVID. We still have not heard from the owner of the team about this move yet. But I don't honestly, I don't think they give a damn that they're not paying front office members. As long as you're paying the players. And then Jokic signed off on it too. He's like, these things happen. And if you're Connolly, how do you not leave to first of all just be around the presence of the great Alex Rodriguez? <laughs> and second of all, you get partial ownership. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, who's matching that? Like that's a, that was no. a little bit so it's like it wasn't like they were necessarily being cheap per se, because I think offering partial ownership is uh I don't know if that wants to become the standard for general manager contracts from here on out. So talk to me um, then. You're, you're fine with it? You think it's a blast? What do you think? I was a little worried at first, you know, because I said, oh, it's not good if it doesn't look like you're committed to spending. But when I saw how ridiculous that offer was, it's like you're smart not to match it, right? I mean, like, um, so, uh, you know, I was a little worried at first, but now it's fine. I just wanted to see how everyone out there was feeling it because I know – you know, it's really easy for me to be level-headed out here in Sacramento where it's not my favorite team, right? And I just root for them because I think, you know, Jokic and Murray are cool. But uh, I was just wondering how people feel out there. Is it the sky is falling or is everyone pretty cool with it? 
I think they're. I think uh, they've moved on to the Avalanche or the Broncos. Sounds like a sounds like a plan. Sounds, sounds like, like a, plan. a plan. Well, I've moved on to the NBA Finals, my friend. I am looking forward to this. Here's some series prices on Pet Rivers. You get plus one thirty-five on Boston, minus one fifty-nine on the Warriors. We look at Game One coming up Thursday night, and it's the Celtics plus three and a half, one plus one thirty-eight on the money line. Warriors minus one sixty-five, two and eleven and a half is the total. Spread, talk to me here. You know the Celtics. It took them a while, but they got the job done against the Heat. Um, the Warriors have looked every bit as bad as the Celtics have when they've been bad. They've looked every bit as great when they've been great. What do you think of these two teams? Because I think no matter what, we're going to be in for a good series, a deeper series. Yeah, I think we're finally going to have some good games, man. Some of that conference finals, <sighs> right, was just yawn, yawn, yawn. I mean, for a little while, um, you know, I was joking around. I said, this actually feels like work. Watching these games, yep. you know, this is the first time my job has felt like work, mm-hmm. like unbelievable. But, bad. hey, uh, so much fun, right? Um, so I'm really looking forward to this series, and I think you make great points on both sides. One thing I'd like to say is, um, the Warriors have looked really bad when they've looked bad. The Celtics have looked bad when they've looked bad. Feels like the Celtics do it a little more often, right? The Celtics definitely had that zigzag thing going um, against the Bucks and the Heat, where it seemed like they weren't capable of putting two good performances together in a row. Now, they did it against the Bucks when it counted, um, Game 6 and Game 7. And, that, you know, it was so fun for me. For all the regular season doesn't matter and all the tanking, it felt like the Celtics won that series on the final game of the regular season when Milwaukee sat everybody, lost, avoided. Oh, we'll play Chicago in the first round, right? They actually lost the game to Chicago. The Celtics took number two, swept the Nets, that upped their confidence, and it also gave them uh, the home court, which I think meant so much. Let me go ahead and, and switch that to this series. Golden State hasn't lost a playoff game at home yet. And I get game seven at home if I'm the Golden State Warriors, right? And I think that's a big deal. Uh, Golden State is 41-10 and at home on the year. Um, You know, combine the playoffs and the regular season. They've been an excellent home team. We've seen how that crowd gets, right? I mean, it just – the Golden State's front runners. They feed off it. Curry starts dancing, right? Clay even did a shimmy at one point. Um, So this team definitely is really good at home. Having the, the home court means a lot. Uh, great statistic if you're a Celtics backer, right? Uh, the Celtics, uh, since Steve Kerr got hired, the Celtics have the best record against the Golden State Warriors, right? And so that, that spans a while, right? Some Brad Stevens coaching there. But, you know, a lot of the same guys, uh, you know, in that times period, right? They've been bu- building around Tatum and Brown for a while. Marcus Smart has been there for most of these, right? So a lot of the, the key main players there, the Celtics have been really successful. You take this, this season's games, kind of got to throw them out the window. Ne- neither team was healthy. Um, when they met up, right? So this will be the first time um, they're going at full strength. But I'll tell you what, Holden, I do like the Warriors uh, to win this series. If you want if you want to take the Celtics, I'm not against it. Um, you know, if there's the Warriors heat, I probably wouldn't be on the show right now. I'd be at the bank reworking my mortgage to go ahead and just put everything I could on, on the Warriors over the heat because I love that matchup. This is a tougher matchup here. So, um, you know, I, I do like the Warriors here, but, uh, you know, I mean, I, if, you know, if I actually take an L here, you know, loss and those guys get to victory lap around me, all the Celtics backers, you know, I wouldn't be that surprised because of the way uh, they do match up so well. But some things that I'm looking at here, uh, you know, everyone like it's so funny how experience used to be overrated. And now to me, I think it's underrated where people say, oh, you know, experience is such an easy handicap. Well, it's an easy handicap because it's mattered for a long time, right? Um, this will be their first time to the finals. 
I mean, I, the, of course, the Warriors want to win, and it would be so rewarding if they do, but they're kind of free-rolling here <laughs> as far as legacy here, uh, right? Because Curry, Curry and all those guys are going to the Hall of Fame no matter what, right? I mean, this is Tatum and Brown's real chance um, to make their mark, so people are going to underplay the experience factor, but I think it matters. Um, you know, the size matters here, and, and that's where the Celtics have a bit of an advantage. It was a bit weird watching the Golden State Warriors have an advantage inside against the Mavericks because that's like one of the, 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 the you know, I, he, they, that's going to happen against like three or four teams where, where Looney's going to be able to do that. It's not going to be so easy uh, against Horford and, of course, the Time Lord, uh, Robert Williams. So I do think the Celtics have a nice bit of size. But when they match up for Tatum and Brown, I'm not necessarily concerned. I thought Andrew Wiggins did an excellent job on Luka Doncic. She's an excellent this whole playoffs, right? And he knows his role. I got to be the number one stopper. I got to stop the main guy. Um, and, and I think he can do that against Tatum. If he can give Luka all those problems, and of course, you're never going to shut these guys down, right? It's not like Luka's going to be held to eight points or Tatum's going to be held to eight points, right? But you make them work for everything. You make them tired um, from when it counts. And like I said earlier, I don't think we're going to get the bevy of blowouts we did last time. Um, so I think that is going to matter. I, I love the way that the Warriors have multiple ways uh, to score with the game on the line. You know, because I trust Clay, I trust Poole, and I trust Steph. I also trust Draymond to make the right pass. I don't know if I want him shooting. Um, but it just feels like uh, the Celtics offense is going to go through either Tatum or Brown, most likely Tatum, a little more one-dimensional, a little bit easier to plan for and stop. So overall, I, I like the Warriors here uh, to get it done. Um, at the price, you know, if you want to take the Celtics, uh, you know, I'm, you know, hey, you know, I'm not against it. I'm not telling you you're absolutely throwing away your money away. I mean, it's a good price. Uh, definitely lines up with the odds. Uh, but I think the Warriors getting done, right? I think the home court, the you know, the ability to have the championship experience and just the fact that they can't throw Wiggins, they can't throw Draymond on Jason Tatum. Um, they have the guys to stop these guys one-on-one. -on -one. They don't need the double team. Yeah, that's a very interesting point you bring up. Plus, the Warriors have the rest advantage for the third straight series. You know, Boston's going. Do you put any stock into that? Boston traveling to start the series and then the Warriors having a lot more rest. Not necessarily. They'll still get the three days off. Okay. Um, they're still going to get the three days off. And it's almost like uh, Boston might have a little more nerves. Maybe Golden State does too. Um, also, you know, I know that Boston got beat up in that last series. Uh, but the way the Heat play is so much different than the Warriors. I don't think the injuries are going to be as big of a factor because the Warriors aren't just like a brutal team, right? I mean, like you watch this team and, and for me, you know, as an older guy, I mean, I just see the Pat Riley Knicks, right? You can tell Pat Riley orchestrated this team, right? They're out there. They're physical. It's almost the old idea. I'll foul you every play. You can't call it on every single play. Mm -hmm. Warriors don't play like that. And even when the games were on at the same time, right? I mean, they just had way different feels. It was a slugfest. It was a really physical game on your Eastern Conference game. And then they got out and just started running and gunning and having fun in the Western Conference game, right? And it was just who who made their open threes, uh, which is why, you know, Dallas was able to win that one game when they were f finally able to fall, you know, and Golden State, of course, had a bad shooting performance. But, you know, Golden State only had one bad performance in, in each series, right, where they were really bad. Boston seemed to have one almost every other game. And I really worry about Tatum's ability to put together back-to-back -to -back games. That's his next step. The guy can be brilliant. The guy can be brilliant. But does he do it two games in a row? It's almost like he needs to get hit in order to, to, to be there, right? He needs to have that bad game. So uh, a little worried about the, the Celtics' inconsistency. You look at the roster, the Celtics should have won that series a lot easier than it did. 
And in fact, I had plans this weekend because I didn't think there was going to be a game seven. <laughs> right? I mean, Tyler and I were on there on Thursday, just or on Friday, you know, hey, you know, this series is over. Have a great weekend. You know, we'll be back next Thursday. And, you know, could not believe what I saw. But I also think that's an indictment of the Celtics and just um, their ability to play consistently game after game after game. I believe the Warriors do know uh, what it takes to get it done. And, and I think that sometimes Steph Curry gets a little bit underrated, right? One of the greatest players we've ever seen, you know, and all I heard about that last series was Luca. And I'm thinking, is Luca really that much better than Steph? Like, uh, aren't we taking this a little bit too far here? Are we looking at the box score a little too much and not watching the game and see what he's doing on the floor? Just because he doesn't get all those points doesn't mean he's affecting everything. If he grabs a double team and that allows Clay or Poole to go off, um, and he doesn't have the big night, you know, on the DFS stats. Does that mean he didn't do his job? I don't think so. So, um, you know, <clears throat> I really like the Warriors here, um, you know, but I think that there are great arguments for the Celtics to be made. That price, is that price right for you, though? That series minus 159, that's a heavy series price, man. It is for a series like that, which is why, um, I would rather approach it with just you put a half unit on the Warriors to win in six, the Warriors to win in seven. I That's think that exactly what I did. Oh, okay, cool. Well, we're we're on the same page. We're on then. the same page. Yeah, I love it because I I don't think that they're going to roll over. Now, let's be fair. Warriors had a much easier path to get here. I mean, Dallas was good, but it's Luca and a bunch of role players. That was an easy matchup for them. Uh, Memphis, I felt the same way. John ja and a bunch of role players, right? I mean, the Heat beat juggernauts. Like, I mean, the, the Celtics beat juggernauts. The Heat are a very good basketball team. The Milwaukee Bucks were my favorite to win at all, you know. Um, so uh, the Celtics did take a tougher path here. So so uh, I don't think they're just going to roll over. I don't think it's going to be a Warriors in five. I don't think it's going to be a never-in-doubt style thing. I think it goes six or seven. You put a half unit there, you're going to get some plus money rather than laying that min minus 159. And you know what sucks, Holden, is I also think the Warriors win game one. So it's not like I could say, oh, let's wait and get a better price. Right, I think so if you'll the take Celtics the Warriors. Steal, yeah, I like the Warriors in game one. I think if the Celtics steal, it's in game two. I mean, it's almost just off Tatum can't play two good games in a row. Is that on the spread? Yeah, um, I'll, I'll lay the three and a half or four or whatever. Three See, it'll probably be four. I'll take it now because I think it's going to be three and a half, and I also think they're going to be the public team here. Um, right, game but, one minus three and a half. Yeah. And then in six and six. Here's my only thing with the six. I have the seven. I don't okay. have to win in six. Do they are they really going to close it out in Boston? And I'm not so sure that happens. Yeah, yeah, and I can see that. I can see that. But I'll tell you what, the Heat looked pretty good in a game six in Boston. <laughs> no, that's right. Uh, Jimmy I mean, Butler looked pretty damn good yeah. in a game six in Boston. But he's not like Steph Curry or Clay Thompson can't, you know, summon those yeah, types we'll of performances. It might not be getting to the rim and dominating the way that Jimmy did, uh, but the points are going to look the same when those guys get hot. It's just going to be done in a different way. Warriors to win in six plus 500 to win in seven is plus 400. All right. I'll throw the six in there too. Real quick before I let you go, my friend, Djokovic Nadal is today. I yep. heard, huh? Yep. Little quarterfinals at the French. What do you got? I went against the grain here and I went with Nadal. And I know that everybody's going to love Djokovic. His form's coming in better. Uh -huh. He's more healthy, right? Nadal's had these foot issues here. This is still the king of clay courts, in my mind, Rafael Nadal. And and this is a price-based bet, right? If they're both minus 110, give me Djokovic. But you're getting Rafael Nadal at plus 160 on basically what's like – it's like his home court, right? I mean, it might, might as well be his backyard. I'm surprised he doesn't have an apartment at Philip Chatrier, right, with how well he's done there over the years. He has the most French Open titles in history. He's been the best clay player 
over the last 20 years. And I think at this price, all the values on Rafael Nadal. Am I guaranteeing a win? No. I mean, you know, Djokovic has played great. He's a defending champion. He obviously has the chops to get it done. But at this price, I think, you know, uh, sometimes maybe some of these older guys, right, we just kind of forget. We get used to it, right? I think we're doing it with Seth Curry. Might be doing it with Rafael Nadal, too. So give me the underdog. I'm taking Rafael Nadal at the plus money. We just got tennis and NBA from one man. Spread a stare. Spread, where do they find your stuff, my friend? I'm a huge fan. Thank you. Yeah, at Spread a Stare. Of course, I do the NBA rundown. Uh, Every day there's a game. Usually it's daily, right? Now we're just down to every day there's a game, right? So uh, that's with the Run for Your Bets team. I'm writing articles for bookmakers uh, review. So go ahead and check it out. You know, Run for Your Sports, Run for Your Bets. We have all the best content in the industry. Follow me at Spread a Stare. Thank you for having me on, Holden. No, thank you. So Spread is on. Warriors in six and seven, official bet there. We won't worry about the tennis right now, although I might have a little tail. Might have a little tail. Andy McNeil from VSIN, he had his bets, my best bets for the Avs Oilers series, Avs in six and Avs in seven, much like what we just heard from Spread. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Holden Radio. Thank you very much for checking out the show. Really appreciate it. My buddy Ian St. Clair on tomorrow to recap the Avs game, talk some Broncos as well for Spread. For Andy and my producer, Stephen Young, thanks for checking out the Denver CityCast presented by Bent Rivers.